This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Well, hello everyone, and thanks for joining us again. Uh, my name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content Research with Executive Platforms, and you're listening to The Blueprint Podcast Series. Uh, we're here at NAMES 20, uh, which is the North American Manufacturing uh, Excellence Summit. We're doing it virtually this year. We're joined today by Joe Gerstel of GE Digital, and we're going to talk about the industrial internet of things and how manufacturing execution systems have evolved over time and what people are doing with these new systems. Joe, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to the folks out there. How does GE Digital fit into the larger General Electric organization? Great question. So GE Digital is a part of the larger GE. Uh, as, you, as you know, GE does a lot of things, uh, mainly around power, uh, aviation, uh, aircraft engines, um, renewables, things like that. And they also have a G Digital is their software division. So we produce software. That's, uh, we produce software for grid management, uh, for oil and gas, uh, for um, power, uh, where you can manage uh, your turbines and so forth. And, and um, we also produce software, which is the division I'm, the part I'm in for manufacturing. So we have all kinds of software about automation, which is HMI SCADA type software. We have historians, which is about capturing real time time series data in very high speed and very high volume. Uh, and then we have uh, other tools like um, plant applications, which is your, your MES. And then all of those tools, actually, we have a pretty cool new tool called Operations Hub. All of those tools run inside of Operations Hub. And this is a rapid application development tool, which really gives you a lot of value and benefit um, to move fast and to bring that IoT data into one place. You're an expert in manufacturing execution systems. Can you tell us a little bit about how those systems have evolved over the course of your career? Sure, yeah, for sure. Manufacturing execution is, uh, has definitely changed over the last, I guess, 30 years that I've been doing it. Um, you know, back, back in the day, as, as we old timers say, uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of data being collected, but it wasn't as efficient to get it from the equipment. It got better and better and better over time, especially in the late 90s and 2000s. And um, with that advent, there's a way to pick up some data that, that was easier to get to than, than uh, it was before. And you didn't have to write it down. You could collect the data directly from the equipment, right? So what's the speed of the, the conveyor? What's the temperature of the coolant in the, in the uh, CNC machine? Whatever it might be, <clears throat> you could capture that, that information directly from the equipment. Um, and so that, that was a big change back then. And now it's gotten even even bigger because what's happened is that's um, what people used to call big data, right? And so the big data is important, but the, the, um, the data we have now is what I call thick data, right? So it's, it's big, lots of it, but it's also really rich and meaty and has a lot of information in it. So what's happened with that is we've been able to start to apply analytics to that data and get a lot more value out of that data than if you were just simply doing an Excel spreadsheet yourself. And it's not just analytics to say what happened. We're starting to produce analytics that actually say, this is gonna happen based on machine learning and based on patterns in your data, based on the crew that's running the, the line at the time or the product that you're running or the last product you ran compared to the product you're running now, uh, you're able to, to um, uh, predict things like, we think you're gonna have some waste 
based on this. You know, the last time you did this, you had, you know, um, you had X amount of waste. We think you're, you're going to have another 900 pounds of waste based on heuristics and whatnot. And we can actually point to the data, the, the factors that are telling you that they're telling us that that might happen. So those are the kind of algorithms that we're working on right now. And this, this concept of applying analytics to that data is huge. Another big thing that's changed, well, as I said, apply analytics, but, but then look at the entire enterprise, right? So it's not just one plant. It used to be that I could only see one plant. If I wanted to look at the entire enterprise, I had to go extract the data from here and here and put them together to do uh, a view of the plant, uh, of the enterprise. Well, now there's technology that actually, in, in our case, in the plant apps case, what we do at G Digital is we take that manufacturing data and we take it from the on-prem system, which it's on-prem because you want it fast, you want it reliable, you want it always there, and then we suck it up into the cloud. So we actually have a hybrid MES, right? Some vendors are on-premise only, some vendors are cloud only. We're actually both. We have an on-premise component and a cloud component. In the cloud component, I'm pulling in all the entire enterprise into one place, and now I can compare plant A and plant B, and I can compare the run of the same product at two different plants. And I can start to realize and recognize when I'm running, you know, at plant B, I'm running this a lot better. Why is that? Right? And it, this wasn't, you could do it before, but it took a lot of time and effort and nobody had that time and effort. Now it's a matter of going and getting the data from, from this enterprise data store where the factoring system of record is actually stored. How is the industrial internet of things forcing manufacturers to innovate? Yeah, yeah, good question. So um, it's, I, I don't know, like, it's forcing them to integrate because every, to innovate because everybody's doing it. You have to keep up with, with everyone else. But if you look at it another way, and uh, what benefits does the industrial internet give to you, to manufacturing? Um, just enormous benefits, right? The ability to see data and take action at, at a um, moment's notice when that data is actually coming in. Again, before, sometimes you had to collect the data manually. You couldn't really take action until the end of the shift when somebody had typed all that data into either a system or a spreadsheet or whatever it might be. But now, with the Internet of Things, the, the equipment is actually telling you, I have a problem, right? Instead of somebody waiting to write it down and, and relaying that information later. The equipment is actually saying, I have this problem. I'm down. Here's the fault code and the system can translate that into reason codes, et cetera. So, you know, if you look at um, the advantages, not just why you're being forced to, but why you actually get to do this, it's, it's really powerful and, and um, possible to do so many things that you just couldn't do before. You, you, and at least not with the same um, resources that you have available today, right? So before, if you're a process engineer, you're not gonna write a bunch of C-sharp code, right, to go do this analysis or go talk to the equipment. Well, now it's a easy as a matter of dragging in, you know, a piece of equipment and saying, I want to get these sensors off of here and I want to connect them up. I want to do some simple trending or I want to even do even more and, and add data from other systems together and put it and get a really good view of what's happening uh, across my plant, not just from the manufacturing data, but maybe from the ERP data as well, or the, the maintenance data or whatever it might be. And I can put those all together on one, one place. And that's the kind of thing that, that industrial internet of things is, is bringing, bringing to the market. It's, it's really making it easier for the citizen developer, you know, citizen developer to, to take advantage of all this rich data, this thick, rich data that's out there uh, and do some amazing things with it.
So it's not so much that they're being forced to innovate, it's that the people who are already doing the job are empowered, have the freedom to, you know, approach the, the problems and, and right. seek out new opportunities with these new tools. Is that correct? Could, could you give us an example of what you're talking about? Sure, sure. Absolutely. And, you, and you're right. It's, it's that um, the people that, there's people that have always wanted to do this, right? There's a lot of sharp process engineers out there and people that want to, um, to, to build the kind of a, a, uh, analytics and just reports that, that they couldn't do before because they didn't have the tools to do it. It wasn't easy to get to the data. It's much easier now. So it's enabling this, uh, again, this kind of citizen developer, I like to call it, to go out and do some rapid application development without any code at all. And so uh, give you an example of that. Let's, um, well, this is, this is a related example. It's, it's a bigger picture. So we were working with one of our customers um, and uh, the consumer packaged goods customer, they uh, develop, um, they, they make a product that they were getting a bunch of complaints on. So the complaints were coming in and uh, there were issues uh, with the product and consumers were not happy with it. Uh, they had all this complaint data and they could narrow it down to the batches of product that they made. They could even narrow it down to, it probably ran on this equipment. What we were able to do is help them um, identify the top, I think it was 25 factors that impacted this. And because of the fact you could get to this data so much easier than you can could before, and with the tools that were provided, uh, we were able to, to address this in about 10 days. And we came back to them and said, hey, here's the 25 factors that we think were impacting your, um, your uh, quality and therefore your complaints. And they were shocked. They're like, it would have taken us six months to do this the old way. And now that I have this data, and once you showed me how to do it, it just made it so much easier to do uh, than I could before. So that's that's uh, an example of of what we what I'm talking about. The people that really want to do this, give them the tools, and they'll just go. They'll just there's a lot of smart people out there, right? And they'll just run with it. When companies do have uh, this challenge and they, they approach GE Digital, you know, what does getting started look like? I know projects vary in sure. size and scope, but you know, how do companies looking to partner with GE Digital get started yeah. and what are some of the timelines for getting things up and running? Yeah, great question. So we, we actually, in our, in our case, we have three modules to our MES. There's a lot in each module, but if I break it down by module, it's efficiency, quality, and production. Um, efficiency is all about just that, improving your efficiency, not in, only on your equipment, but also for your people, your process, your products, et cetera. Then there's quality, and that's a, about reducing waste, capturing things before they get out the door, and uh, addressing the issues uh, in real time, right? SPC, things like that. And then there's production. This is more about genealogy and tracking and tracing and, and understanding maybe in some industries regulatory uh, reasons that I need to have all this information tracked. Um, what we generally, what, what I recommend, um, and it just depends on the, the um, maturity of the customer and really you drive it down to the problems that they're trying to solve. And so this, this what we generally do is um, tell people that efficiency is a really good place to start. And that actually lines up with what the research folks tell us, like the LRC, the ARCs of the world, the Gartners. Um, this is what plant managers and operational leaders think about. How do I become more efficient, especially during a pandemic, right? Because now I've got people spread out across the floor, 
right? Because I, uh, because of the, the new um, um, recommendations from the United Nations uh, uh, and food and safety um, components, they have said, hey, you should spread out your employees so you reduce the risk of infection, et cetera. Now that means I, can, I have to run less equipment, right? And so now I really need to be more efficient. And so those companies that have started down that road already are, are ahead of the game because they're able to see where their efficiency are. They're able to see how to um, improve and, and nimbly able to make adjustments. Now, uh, that's not always the best place to start. It really depends on your organization, but oftentimes that's what your senior leadership and your operational people are thinking about is most is efficiency. And then what happens is it ends up uh, funding, essentially, the next level of thing you want to go after, whether that be quality or, or production or genealogy or whatever it might be. It, it actually ends up funding that, and that's a very common uh, uh, thing that I've seen. Uh, we, we've seen customers gain double-digit efficiency um, in, in uh, a matter of you know, months, right? Uh, of course, it gets better over time, but uh, you, know, you can definitely see benefit and value very quickly in that area. I am curious. So, you know, technology obviously is supposed to improve productivity, but of course right. there are challenges in uh, adoption, troubleshooting, demonstrating the ROI. What should manufacturing leaders keep in mind as they upgrade their toolbox? Yeah, great question. So one of the things that I always tell people, and it's almost like a, it's almost like a hidden thing that you don't realize until, until you start doing these things. And I've seen customers do this and uh, unfortunately not take this step. Um, but it comes down in the end, everything comes down to the people, right? So what I'm talking about there is your operators have to like the system, right? I'm not saying that they're like talking about it at lunch and how wonderful it is. That's not my point, but they have to be able to use it effectively and efficiently. And we're getting a lot of, you know, as the baby boomers retire, we've been talking about this for years, but we now have these new people in roles that, you know, they're using their phones. And they're expecting the applications they use to work just like Facebook on their phone. It's a reasonable expectation in the 21st century. So you've got to provide systems for them that, you know, act uh, in, in such a way that is very conducive to uh, not only what they do, but how they like to do things, right? So uh, massive response time needs to be a one second or less right? Uh, your number of clicks, right? I don't want to click a bunch of things all over the screen. I just want to click the absolute minimum things I have to click and get things done. That, the, the, the buy-in of the operator is so important that that is really something that you need to, to take very seriously in your change management process. Um, it's something that can, it really can make or break a project. So it's, it's a big deal. If there were one or two key takeaways you want people to think about further, what, what would you sort of you know, give them the tap on the shoulder and say, you know, this is the really important bit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great. I was just going to jump into that before you even asked. I was a little eager there, but the, the thing that I would say that they um, think about uh, in addition to the operators, but think about benchmarking first, right? Because you want to show success. So the, do the best possible job you can to say, okay, this is my efficiency number today, or this is my amount of waste today, or, this is how long it takes me to do um, a um, review of my genealogy. So we have one customer, right? They used to, before they put in plant applications, 
they used to have a, a customer review day and the customer would actually come in and we, they'd have to show them how, what materials, what raw material lots went into the product that they were delivered to the customer. Uh, today, it's a click of a button and they send the customer report. This, it's taken that down from a day to a matter of minutes. So the benchmarking that and saying, that's a, that's a really good benchmarking point to say, how long does it take me to do that, right? How, how efficient am I, right? And even if you have to do some manual stuff, like start to track your downtime manually or start to, um, you know, put, put another extra person on the floor for a little while to, to capture this information, you'll have that benchmark. You can go back later. You can then sell the concept of the next thing that you want to do because you can show the benefit and the value that you've gained from it. So those are the kind of things. That's, that's another thing I would say you should probably take a look at. Fantastic. Well, I mean, again, we've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, I expect some people listening may have, you know, further questions or be interested in learning more. What's the best mm -hmm. way to get in touch? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. So um, my, uh, you'll see my name here. Uh, it's actually just uh, LinkedIn. You can just look me up and I'm happy to answer anything you want to talk about there. Uh, in addition, uh, we can help you get hooked up with, with uh, somebody from our um, accounts team and, and come talk to you. So uh, that's, that's a good way to do it. One thing, if you just want to know more about what we do and start there, you can go out to our website and that's, uh, that's uh, available to you at www.ge.com slash digital. And you can find all kinds of things about our products and what they do. There's some walkthrough demos and things like that. And there's a way to get in touch with somebody on there too, if you want to talk directly to somebody from accounts. This has been another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint podcast series. Uh, my guest today has been Joe Gerstel of GE Digital. And, and thanks again, Joe, for all your time and insight. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jeff. It's a pleasure to talk about it. I uh, really love talking about this stuff. So I'm happy to come on any other time and uh, have a chat. Oh, I appreciate that. And uh, for all of you uh, listening, thank you so much for joining us. And I hope you can do it again soon.